0: Welcome to the Wealth Easy Podcast, your destination for insights on wealth, health, and real estate. I'm your host, John Durbanum. I went from former financial advisor for a big bank to now educating people on how to plug your financial leaks and create your rich life without using the stock market. Before we dive in, please hit that subscribe button and share it with others. By subscribing, you're helping the show grow using the algorithm and allows us to get even more successful guests on the show. Now let's begin creating your rich life. Welcome back to the wealth easy show where we talk all things, wealth, health, and real estate. Today's going to be a lot of fun. I've got a brother from a different mother as my guest today. We are both very passionate about helping people and educating people about money. My friend, Chris Kirkpatrick, Chris, welcome to the show.
1: Hey man, what's happening. Good to be Uh, here.
0: Oh man. I was looking forward to this. Me too. this is awesome. I, I watch a lot of your YouTube videos and we both awesome. share the same excitement and the, sh- the same passion for helping people <laughs> and uh, wow. getting them off that Dave Ramsey train. So hey, um, that. yeah, I know that I'm out there uh, very active on social media and so are yep. you. And yeah. I'm constantly trying to educate people on the truth about money and how to create their rich life. Mm-hmm. What do you do? How do you go about approaching and educating people about money and financial literacy?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. So um, my philosophy, I, and this is something that I've just kind of grown into over time, is uh, nobody likes to be told their baby's ugly, right? And so, mm-hmm. like, I guess what I've what I've realized, I I used to come at this when I first got into the business, and I think everybody who learns what we know we go through phases, right? Like when, when you first realize it, there's this like, wait, there's no way that could be right. Because if it were if it were true, everybody would be doing it. And then you you realize it's right. And so you you get this like, excitement, that you feel like this passion that you want to go and it's just like, you're a hammer and everything you see is a nail. And you're just like trying to hammer like, you need to you need to know this stuff and do it differently. And all that like, and you're just trying to like help people. But at the same time, it's, it's not effective. And so what I've just realized is that there's no good or bad, right? Like I, I used to think Dave Ramsey was horrible, horrible, horrible. I still think he's horrible, horrible. Just the last horrible can hold off, right? <laughs> but yes. but but where he can work is if if you just have no understanding of money and you just need like the basic rudimentary understanding of a budget and you have no self-discipline, Dave Ramsey could be good for you. Like if you have no self-discipline and you have no big aspirations in life, Dave Ramsey could work for you. That's that's my statement. That's like what I say. <laughs> yes. if, if, if you feel like you have more out of life that you want to accomplish, that you want to contribute, that you want to pay forward and like all these different things, then Dave Ramsey is is going to hold you back. That That's the idea. My philosophy as a whole now is that, not, not that it's good or bad, but that if you want to be successful with your money, You need to align your money with your values and your beliefs. That's just, that's everything. 100%. brother. You have to align your money with your values and beliefs. And the reason people fail with their money is because their money is not in alignment with their values and beliefs. And I, 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 me, I'm sure you're the same way. Talk to people every single day, five to 10 people a day that I literally, that is the first thing I do with them is sit. And I ask them questions about what do you believe? What do you believe about the government? What do you believe about taxes? What do you believe about inflation? What do you believe? All these things. And they'll tell me something and I go, where's your money saved? Where are you investing for retirement? Where are you doing all these things? And Get they tell funds. me it, <laughs> qualified accounts where you're yes. deferring taxes. And, and, and I'm like, you just like you just told me that 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 you are concerned about all these things, but that's what you're doing with your money. No wonder you're failing. Because the, here's the deal. The human brain only allows us to put 100% of effort into something that we believe with 100% certainty that we'll be successful with. You cannot override the power of the subconscious mind. There's a great book called The Ant and the Elephant by Vincent Pacenti, who was an Olympic downhill gold medalist, right? And in this book, he do, he talks about a study that references that when we make a conscious decision, I don't care whether you're trying to lose weight, you're going on a diet, you're trying to be better with your money and budget and all these things. When you make a conscious decision to do those things your brain fires off at four million neurons a second but the problem is our subconscious which is really our our internal programming and our why and like really what we how we just operate in default mode right that fires off at four billion neurons a second so thinking that you're going to just control your money and white knuckle your way through it and be disciplined is the equivalent of an ant sitting on the head of an elephant thinking it has the ability to steer that elephant. Mm. It's delusional, it's never gonna happen.
0: Such a good point, such a good point. And you know what, yeah, you know, Dave Ramsey, he is really good and for those of you listening in Canada, you don't know who Dave Ramsey is. He is a talk show radio host who gives financial advice. He is not a licensed financial advisor but he is really good if you want to get out of debt yeah he gives some great advice to getting you out of debt Mm -hmm. but he gives fucking horrible (laughs) advice when it comes to life insurance and it comes to investing in mutual funds and yeah we're we're, going to get into that discussion later you know Mm -hmm. i get a lot of comments uh, because i'm very active on my social media and i get a lot of different comments saying whole life is a scam mm. what what are some of the common misconceptions and myths that you would like to share to my listeners about life insurance
1: well i would i would ask the the first thing if somebody says that and i hear it every day it, the first question i ask is like why do you believe that right yeah. and and give most me facts. people yeah and, and, yeah give and they me never facts. can and, <laughs> no of course not it's all emotionally driven there's no factual basis behind anything um But the the number one thing that I hear that I think um, is is misunderstood is the fact that people say, well, whole life is a horrible investment. And my response to that is, you're right. It is a horrible investment. It's not not an investment. (laughs) It's not an investment at all. And if you're looking at it as if whole life isn't an investment, well, then that tells me you don't understand it. So let's have a conversation about actually educating you about how whole life insurance works. And it's I, I don't believe there's any good or bad products in the world. I think every financial product has a uh, has a a, a a role that it can play in somebody's life. The question is, is it good or bad for you? Is it in alignment with your values and beliefs? Right? Like, that's what it comes down to your investor. And, and DNA. People, right? In your investor DNA. Exactly. And when you back that out, and you start thinking about uh, what is my investor DNA? What do I want to contribute to this world? What do I want to accomplish? And is my money? being leveraged and utilized as a tool to help actualize those goals? And most people, the answer is no. And when you realize the value and the power and the leverage and the flexibility and, and, and the power of whole life insurance, you, you, and if you have an investor DNA of a contributor of an entrepreneur of a real estate investor of, you know, of that, then 99% of the time it's going to fall into line with it.
0: Well, you, you made a good point that there is really no good or bad bad product it's right does it fit with your investor dna and it does it fit within what have you what is your belief however if you were to take all of the products out there and i ask my clients this all the time if you took every product out there and you wanted to it to perform in a certain way you wanted to have guarantees and you want to have flexibility of contributions is there any product out there that will give you maximum money supply and maximum amount of benefits in one product? There isn't. But I love, I love, I I love hearing them come up with, oh, uh, real estate or a mutual fund or this or that. It's like no, they're not going to give you maximum money supply and maximum benefits. However. There is only one product. If you only had this product, which is not even an investment, if you only had this one product as your uh, portfolio, it is whole life insurance. That's why I think whole life insurance should be the heart of every financial plan.
1: 100%. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't, I think that's hard to dispute when you really understand it. Um, one of the, one of the things I, I teach because I, I teach a lot of life insurance agents and I'm really passionate about making sure that we're positioning life insurance as an asset properly because uh, it it can be either misunderstood and um, you know and and the problem with it being misunderstood is people don't take action in their own best interest right and so my favorite part about teaching people is uh, is is teaching people never to ask questions you don't know the answer to right like so. So one of, my, one of my favorite things in, in doing that is, and, and this is the thing, whole life is not an investment, right? So we'll agree to that and we'll get that off, take that off the table, take that argument off the table. Well, what I do to people is I, I, I just turn it right back on them. And I say, well, let me ask you a question. Do you believe that every person should have an emergency fund, right? And they go, well, of course, because, and, and remember, I don't want to ask questions I don't know the answer to, because any adult that is gonna tell me, no, I don't believe I, then you're irresponsible uh, and you're gonna tell me you're not good at adulting, right? Like that just like, and nobody, nobody wants to admit that, right? So everybody's gonna say, yeah, I, I believe, like that is just the responsible thing. It's kind of like, everybody knows you need to have an emergency fund. Okay, cool, so we can agree to, what do you believe you should have for an emergency fund? How, much, how many months of income do you think you should have? Six months, that's like across the board. Sometimes people say three months, but pretty much six months. So I go, okay, where do you save that six months of an emergency fund? We're going to do it. And, I'm going to put it in my bank account. Bank account. Right. <laughs> and so my, my response to that is like, Hey, if I could show you a place that you could you'd like at, at a bare minimum, just build your financial foundation with a good emergency fund with safe, liquid, accessible capital. That's going to outperform your bank account from a long-term that's going to provide ancillary benefits. And you look at all the, all the things behind it, it becomes a big no brainer, but we got to stop comparing whole life insurance to investments and start comparing it to the safe, liquid, accessible capital options that it is. And at the end of the day whole life insurance is going to provide bond like returns muni bond like tax treatment in the US and and I, in Canada as well but like i don't know if you have muni bonds up there but no, muni bond like ta- muni bond like tax treatment in the US and then and money market like liquidity yeah. go find me another asset that could do that for you it doesn't exist
0: no volatility bond like returns i'm in
1: yeah totally
0: and access to 100%. it without penalties
1: right. right yeah i mean it's it's just, I, I don't know, um, we're about the same age, I think. And yeah. um, I don't know, did you ever watch the NFL like in the 90s growing up, like watching like Sunday football or anything of that nature? Yeah,
0: in the 90s, yeah, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a big Pittsburgh Steelers fan. And, and, okay. and Sunday's gonna be, we're, we're playing each other. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. That's yeah. gonna be Look good. Steal is cardinals, is gonna be a You're good game. You're gonna kick our ass. You're gonna kick our ass. <laughs> well, the, we fired um... we
0: just fired our offensive coordinator, <laughs> and for the first time in 58, <laughs> Gave went for 400 yards.
1: Oh, I know. I saw that. That was awesome. It was so I was good. Actually, I was watching that game. Um, but here's the deal. When I would I would watch I would watch uh football on Sundays, and there was this commercial that would always play, this one company, and they used to sponsor NASCAR. It NASCAR BASF. Have you ever heard of BASF? Oh yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Right. So they would always say, at BASF, we don't make your fishing line, we make it stronger. We don't make the paint you use, we make it brighter. And their tagline on all these different products was, at BASF, we don't make the products you buy, we make the products you buy better. And so whole life is not the investment you make, it makes the investments you make better. I that's love what that. it does. I it's love the BASF of the financial industry.
0: I love it, and that's why I say, it doesn't matter what you're invested in, you need to have whole life insurance as the heart, the main yep. character of your financial yep. plan. Have a bunch of stuff around it. Yep. But have that as the main character. You can have a bunch of supporting actors. But yep. You need to have that. You know, a lot of people view life insurance only as a death benefit to provide for the family. But you and I both know, and this is what people don't understand, how they get to use life insurance as a living benefit. Talk to us about how someone can do that.
1: Well, I mean, outside of the access to the cash. Uh, that's one thing. Um, I share a story a lot. Uh, I, I never used to focus on the living benefits like the accelerated benefits of of the death benefit of whole life insurance like I do now. Um, back on November 4th of 2020, my father in law was diagnosed with stage four pancreatic cancer. Uh, he twisted his ankle playing in a pickleball game and ended up in the er they did a scan on the ankle and they found out no you didn't actually twist your ankle you actually have a blood clot and then they scanned north and they found the blood clot went from his ankle to his groin and upon scanning the groin they found a seven and a half centimeter tumor on his pancreas that had spread already to his liver and they basically said if you know anything about pancreatic cancer they basically said dead man walking and they give him 90 days to live and uh like to the point where the oncologists were even like we can't even treat you. The, the, we we could whack you with the hardest dose of chemo and radiation and there's nothing we could do for you. It, maybe we'll get you to five or six months, but your quality of life will be so bad it's not worth it. And so I say this uh, and I share this story because uh, my wife and I were just like that. We're not taking that um, as an answer. We're not going to go down without fighting. And so we looked at alternative treatments. Now, these are treatments that insurance doesn't pay for, uh, that you need to have capital for. and um, by the grace of god we were able to accelerate a death benefit um and uh three years later now almost in november it'll be three years my father-in-law today is still is playing golf right now amazing and he sees his grandkids four days a week and he lives four miles down the road from me and um that's all because of living benefits right so if you if you're able to like if you if you think about like a lot of people think about the death benefit and they think about death insurance. No, it's called life insurance because it provides benefits for life. You have the access to the capital. I love using. I wrote a book called Cash Flow Hacking, and the whole point of that is like leveraging whole life insurance to invest in real estate, cash flowing real estate. You know, the, rather than these buy and hold strategies, let's let's start focusing on building cash flow, utilizing whole life insurance as a foundational asset to do that. Okay, that's one part. Um, having, if you become critically, chronically or terminally ill, I don't know how it works in Canada, but in the U S you have the ability to accelerate your death benefit. If you lose two of six daily functions or become cognitively impaired, you can accelerate your death benefit to pay for long-term care, to pay for assistance, medical treatment, alternative treatments, whatever you want. Um, you get diagnosed with the cancer. Like my father-in-law, you can accelerate the death benefit. It was almost a quarter million dollars out of pocket cash that had to be paid. Now, that was all able to be paid with tax free dollars. Because accelerated, of accelerated from yeah. the death benefit.
0: That's, that's a really great story. It's a very touching story, too. I mean, then just you just reinfor- reinforces how much you really believe in this product. You're not just out there promoting it, like you have a personal story. I mean, I, you talk about cash flow hacking. I have a personal story, too. I mean, I do this all yeah. the time. I yeah. just recently purchased a condo. Uh, using leveraging my cash flow, uh, or sort Love of my it. cash, my cash value from my policy. I was yeah. in Vegas with my wife, and I was just fooling around on uh, on Realtor. on the MLS. I'm also a realtor too, because <laughs> I, <have, laughs> I have, I have, I uh, have, I have a listing for a, a client's condo for sale, and I was just curious as why I wasn't getting a lot of uh, showing. So I wanted to see if there's any new listings, and I found in the same building. This guy put up a condo for sale. It was like 130 thousand less than what my client was selling it for. Oh, and wow. I'm like, what's going on here? I look at this. I look at this condo, and it's a piece of shit. Like it is. Oh, it needs. No. It needs. And I'm like, oh, I'm licking my chops. I love this because I used to be a home builder about 10 years mm-hmm. ago, and nice. that's all I bought were were estate sales because they needed a lot of TLC. Nobody really wanted them. And yeah. from Vegas, I call. I called the realtor and I said, hey. Oh, uh, what's the deal on this? He says, "Oh, it was an estate sale. My my mother's uncle passed away, left it to her. There's no mm-hmm. mortgage on it. She just wants the money." I said, "How about if I make you an all cash offer, and I'm going to close in ten days?" He said, "Send me the offer." So I sent him the offer. How was how was I able able to do that? I don't keep four hundred fifty thousand cash. Right. Yep. Right? But it was it against a life insurance policy.
1: Yep. And and then after you have the flexibility, you can cash out, refi, you can do a lot of different things that you, you want to do. Yeah. But but ac- accessing access to capital is king, right? Like and and that's where Nelson Nash in his book, I think my favorite quote that I got from him when he wrote the infinite banking concept, you know, the become your own banker book uh, was the more money you have, the more opportunity has a way of tracking you down, right? Like and so yeah. like it's the, the, the and that's the thing like I, you know, we're launching a private equity fund and we're doing this hotel down in the Dominican Republic and retreat center doing all these things. and that only happened because we had access to capital, right? Like you can't get loans to go build in the Dominican Republic or do stuff like that right now. So we had to secure it all with personal stuff. And had it not been for our whole life policies, that would have never been possible.
0: Well, why is there more millionaires created during a recession? Access to capital.
1: Yep. They've got
0: the access to it. They're sitting on cash or they have access to cash to take advantage of Black Friday sales. 100 percent Yes. Right. <laughs> on real estate, <laughs> totally. they have sales. They have the access yep. to it. Yep. Yep. You know, totally. um, I get I get a lot of Dave Ramsey fans commenting on my post saying that I'm giving bad advice and that mm. uh people would be better off buying term and investing the difference.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I'd like to hear your thoughts on that.
1: Um, first of all. No, I mean, can it work in a vacuum? Buying term and investing the difference. Sure. Um, My my response to that is you don't solve long term problems with short term thinking. Um, And buying term and investing the difference is a short term problem because and you're not comparing all the needs that one that that a person has. Uh, in, in life, when you're just comparing those two things. But because if we say, hey, buy term and invest a difference, I could say, okay, John, you should buy term and invest a difference. And, and then you go, okay, Chris, like what would that look like? And I'd say, well, you buy a 20 year term policy because you got kids, and in 20 years, you're going to, kids are going to be out of the house. And in 20 years, you're not going to need the insurance. You're going to be self insured. Okay. Let's, first of all, I don't believe in that concept. But second, like, let's just say, okay, maybe there's, there's let's just assume play devil's as advocate, say that that that's the way it worked. Okay. Um, Well, I'm investing the difference, and the money's going to grow. Okay. Am I even going to invest the difference? I mean, studies have shown people don't actually invest the difference. First of all. Yep. But 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 then. What happens after the twenty years? I'm 43 right now, right? I'll just talk about me, right? Somebody's telling me to buy term investment. You're in 43. Well, I know, I'm, I'm gonna 43. take this as
0: a compliment because you say we're pretty much the same age. I'm 52, so I'm gonna Good take you, that bro. as a
1: compliment. <laughs> 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 I look <live So>, 43. <laughs> that's awesome. So I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 43. I got a 12 year old, a five, uh, a nine year old, and a five year old, right? And so I'm looking at this. I got another 15 years of my kids being in the house, right? At least, hopefully, only 15 years. But that said. Let's say I bought a 15 year term and I bought into this buy term and invest a difference. and let's say I invested the difference and then, you know, 15 years from now, my term expires and I self-insure. What about all the living benefits? What about being able to control my medical directive? What about having a volatility buffer in retirement to be able to make the, uh, the, the my my retirement income more stable, more secure, more more uh, less volatile, we'll call it, right? um what what about the fact that I need to save emergency fund, too? I think the biggest mistake that we make is is we buy into this bullshit story, quite frankly, about the younger you are, the risk the more risk you can take, right? The reality is the younger you are, the less risk you have to take because we have time and compounding and ability on our side. And so I just I kind of look at it and say, if you understand that, the problem in the world right now is we have too many speculators and not enough investors. Correct. And the difference between that is for everybody listening is when you go and invest and you don't have a financial foundation of safe, liquid, accessible capital, there is a backstop. If you go and invest, you're not really investing, you're speculating because you have to ride the wave of the market and you're taking on risks that you shouldn't be taking on. You're not ready to take on yet because if you're taking that risk and you don't have and you can't take and ride the waves, Well, then you're not ready for it yet. You need to slow down, build your foundation, and then go take risk. Then go invest. If you invest before building your financial foundation on safe, guaranteed money, you are a speculator, not an investor. Make no mistake about it.
0: 100%. Everybody says... Oh, I'm investing in the stock market. No, you're not. You're speculating the stock market because unless, yep. unless, again, it goes back to your belief and in your investor DNA. Yep. What do you know? What do you know? People yeah. think, "What's your, well?" Let's let's just clarify for what your investor DNA is. Your investor DNA is what you know best. Right. So if if I don't know anything about the stock market. And let's just go back to mutual fund because Dave Ramsey says, oh, you should be able uh, to, to self-insure because you're going to get 10 or 12% on your mutual funds. Yeah. Where the fuck are you getting 12, 12% on a mutual fund, Dave? Because I, I don't know any mutual fund that consistently gives you 10 or 12% every single year after fees. I don't know any, but anyway, unless you're on the inside and you know everything about the board of directors and you know everything about the company and all the moves that these uh, uh, the company and the directors are making, you're speculating. that's and, and by speculating, you're up for loss. This is you, you're, not, you're not investing for certainty. you're investing for hope. and hope is not mm-hmm. a plan.
1: It's true. I mean it's it, and even go outside of mutual funds, I think one of the biggest risks that we have right now is cryptocurrency right like and it, and it's listen i like crypto like i i'm all about having some bitcoin having some ethereum maybe some alt altcoins you know if it, if it's the right thing for you but i'm not all about going and putting all your money into bitcoin and speculating as to how it's going to go and having no safe money in your life because what happens if and when the wave of bitcoin happens and what happens if it's on a downswing and you need access to that capital? If you don't have other places uh, to, to 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 pull from in times of need, well, then that asset is not an investment. It's a speculative thing that actually can put your life at more risk than than the upside benefit. You know, and I'm always just looking at life through like, what's the upside? What's the downside? And can I live with the downside? And I think too many people just don't look at the second part of that equation
0: absolutely you know going back to buying term investing the difference first of all we both know that 99 percent of term will never pay out right But then if yeah. you listen to if you listen to dave ramsey he says well you don't need it then because you're going to be self-insured well here's here's my question for those people you have a you have a 1.5 or 2 million dollar house do you have insurance on it yeah why do you have insurance on it in case of fire right yeah if you don't have insurance on your house can you safely put aside $2 million in case your house burns down? Well, no, I don't have 2 million. So then you need insurance, right? Mm -hmm. You put insurance on your car for loss. It's always for loss. So this whole self-insured thing, it doesn't make, there's no logic behind it whatsoever.
1: Well, it's it's, it's beyond that even, I think. It's like, you're either insured or you're not insured. You're not self-insured because the nature of being self-insured Let's let's say let's say you have a two million dollar house, right? Or a mi- let's say you have a million dollar house, or five hundred. Let's bring it down. Let's say you got a five hundred thousand dollar. Not house in thing, Canada, right?
0: not for okay. five hundred
1: grand. <laughs> no? Okay, like, no. <laughs> no, okay, no, no, okay, no, about a million five. <laughs> All right, so let's say you got a million dollar house. Okay, <laughs> yes. just just you got a yeah. million dollar house. Um, when you hit retirement, if you follow Dave Ramsey's thing. And and let's say his, his idea is like, you just want to self-insure. The equivalent would be saying, all right, I've got this million-dollar house. I don't need insurance on it because I'm going to self-insure because I got my money over here. I've got enough to cover it. The problem is there's a lack of efficiency with self-insuring because now I have an opportunity cost with self-insuring because now I've got this million dollars over here that I have to earmark in a worst-case scenario that has to be able to take care of this problem over here of making sure my house is covered, right? And so there's that opportunity cost creates a lot of efficiencies of what we're able to do with our capital. And, and that can create a lot of problems. And so I always my 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 overall mindset is like one of my first mentors back in the day, you know, said, Chris, if you want to be successful, find people that have the life that you want to live and emulate what they do until you get there. I think it's a pretty simple model, right? And so I look at that and I go, all right. And it's one of the reasons I fell in love with whole life insurance is because all the wealthy people that I was talking to were utilizing it. And I was like, huh. All right. That makes sense. If they're all doing this, I guarantee you every single one of these people could self-insure if they wanted to. Why do they still then own life insurance is because it's not about like having this minimalist scarcity mindset. They have a mindset of abundance and creation, paying it forward, leaving the next generation better off and, and making sure that we give as little money to the government as possible and as much money to our family and in our own Financial ecosystems as possible, right? And that's what life insurance does. It you don't. The one thing I'll say is this: There's so many influencers online saying, "Do what the Rockefellers do." I just had a great conversation with Garrett Gunderson about this the other day. He's like, "Do what the Rockefellers do: buy life insurance to create wealth." No, you don't create wealth with life insurance. You create wealth with your investor DNA, intellectual property investing building businesses creating value in the world that's how you create wealth life insurance is the backstop to make sure that you keep your wealth to make sure that you can enhance the growth of the wealth It can be an accelerant but make no mistake about it the policy itself isn't going to create wealth that's on you right that is going to be there on the backstop but when you understand that concept and philosophy now on the back end of that it's like all right with what i've created how do i how do i be the best steward of that as possible moving forward generationally and while we're in retirement and all the living benefits that it provides like the whole buy term and invest a difference concept is a joke it's laughable
0: well yeah because you know most people they're not going to be very disciplined and to invest the difference. There's always going to be something that comes up. Oh, I got to take this trip. Uh, you know, I want to go to the Dominican for a week. So I'm going to, I'm not, I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to put money into my, my, uh, my investments this month and I'm going to delay it. Or, uh, I need new rims for my pickup truck or I need this new purse. No one is disciplined enough to actually follow that rule. And if you listen to Dave, no one is getting 10 to 12% consecutively every single year and then here's here's another thing i saw a video clip of dave having a conversation with someone and they told him well you could have the safe withdrawal rate of 8% yes. That's insane. I said, Oh my God. The only reason why this guy is not getting sued is because he's not a licensed financial advisor. He's a, he's, he's a talk show host masquerading as an advisor.
1: Well, he did just get sued. Did he? He's in a class action lawsuit because he was, uh, he got involved in, he was suggesting people buy this or like, uh, put money in with this company. Uh, and they did, and it ended up being, I think, uh, like people got ripped off. I don't, and and they weren't uh, disclosed to that Dave Ramsey was being compensated for the suggestion. Oh, okay. And it was like a, it's a hundred fifty million dollar lawsuit. Oof. <laughs> go, look <laughs> it up. Look up Dave Ramsey lawsuit right now. It's like a class oh, action thing against him right now.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. it's happening right now. That's great. But the idea of, and even even let's just go back to well, the safe withdrawal rate right now is is not even 4%. It's like 3.5% because the studies have been ran that even 4% is not not feasible. It's about 35 But let's just talk about that for a second because I talk about, and we are of the same cloth, and Garrett Gunderson is not to accumulate uh-huh. But to buy assets that are going to create cash flow, let's have cash flow. Let's look at focusing on building cash flow, not accumulation.
1: Totally, right? Hundred percent.
0: And whole life insurance helps do that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's the idea. Is my, my philosophy is buy your net worth, build your cash flow, and, and and you know that's what you can do with whole life insurance. Like it, you're you're basically buying your human life value and your potential net worth. Uh, you're able to purchase that through life insurance. And that's why I always say, whole life insurance is the only financial asset in the world that will make sure what you want to happen will happen when you want it to happen, whether you're here to see it or not. It's a guarantee. Think about that. It's a guarantee. It's a guarantee. It's not hope. Think about that. Like, think about the power in that. And and I think the thing I love that we do is, is not just like the money. We talk about your values and beliefs and your investor DNA and all these different things. But the idea of, of like... Well, think about it this way. We are all where we are in life because of who we are, right? Like, and, and whatever. And at the end of the day, where I am right now, where you are right now, where everybody who's listening to this right now is, chances are you're not where you want to be. And you, I would encourage that you shouldn't be where you want to be. You should be on a path of growth. Even Tony Robbins always says, like, everybody always goes up to Tony Robbins, like, I'm going to be where you are. He's like, I hope so. Because by the time you get to where I am, I'm going to be long gone. Yes, you know, like, I'm going to yes. be way higher. And that, that mindset of perpetual growth I think it's important, and I think we need to embody that. And so, when we look at that, the thing I love about whole life insurance, it's the only strategy I know, this whole concept of buying your net worth and building your cash flow, is that it forces you to implement principles and structure that force you to become who you need to be to live the life that you want to live. That's really good. That's really good.
0: There's um, there's a big debate going on with IUL index universal ah. life policies. You know, Dan yes. Andrews is a, a big proponent. Doug of, Andrew. Uh, Doug
1: Andrew. Oh, Doug
0: Andrew. Sorry, Doug Andrew. Doug Andrews. Andrew. Yeah, big, yeah. Big, big, big proponent of IUL, and I know I see a lot of your your uh, YouTube videos, and you 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 try to uh, distinguish and you compare the IUL to to whole life. Explain to my listeners what that difference is because we're not so big in Canada on IUL, but we are big. They have universal life policies, not so much on the index universal universal lives. And I know that you do a lot of comparisons on the two and why people should be really focusing more on the whole life side.
1: Yeah. Well, so IUL and UL, let's just talk about that first. The difference is, is nothing. I mean, the difference an IUL is simply a UL product with an options strategy attached to it. That's it. So as far as Canada goes good for you for not having that because it's a bunch of smoke and mirrors and it doesn't work <laughs> the way they say it does. Um it illustrates really well or whatever. The the but it doesn't ever perform or live up to expectations or promises, right? And so that that's important. The the fundamental difference uh in the reason I like whole life insurance is because when it, when it really comes down to it, it's a function of when you're buying a policy, and saving money inside of a life insurance contract, you're effectively saying, hey, life insurance company, you've been doing this for 180 years, 100 plus years, you've weathered every financial storm, Uh, I'm going to have you manage my risk for me, get the best return possible with the least amount of risk possible, and I'm going to trust that you're going to do that for me and with me moving forward, and so I'm going to hand you my money, and I'm going to become effectively a shareholder with a participating mutual company. When you inve- when you put your money into a whole life policy, you are a shareholder, basically a business partner with the company. You succeed when they succeed, right? Yep. So when you put your money into a whole life policy, you are a partner with the company. When you put your money into an IUL or a UL, you're a profit center
0: for the company. And let's literally let's distinguish between a mutually owned company and a stock company. You're talking mutually owned.
1: Mutually owned whole life insurance companies, not a stock, uh, insurance company, but let's, let's, let's go deeper because there are mutually held companies that offer UL products as well, at least in the United States there are. Right. And so a lot of people have now been pitching IUL and UL products saying it's a mutually held company. Yeah, that's great. It's a mutually held company but you're not buying the product that participates in the mutuality of that. You're buying a product that is the profit center. So I got news for you. If you're buying a UL with a mutual company, it doesn't matter. You're still gonna be a profit center that they're gonna use that to meet the guarantees that they have with the participating mutually held policy owners. Right. And so it's it's just, do you wanna be a business partner or do you wanna be a profit center? Business partner participating in the success of the company is a whole life policy profit center that means you're at risk and you know and you can still have, you fire, can have loss, you can aware. have
0: losses in a UL policy correct of course of
1: course yeah. all the time yeah look at the guaranteed columns on any UL and it'll make you run the other way as fast as you can
0: plus plus there's more fees now inside a UL policy than a whole life
1: oh yeah totally i mean like it's so the whole concept of universal life is it's it's a blend between cash value and annual renewable term insurance. And so it looks really good for the first, you know, five to 10 to 20 years, depending on your age, when you buy it. But by the time you hit 65 and your annual renewable term goes up and you know, you have a couple hundred thousand dollars of insurance as you get older, that cost, those costs go through the roof. Right. And and the challenge is most people when you're, when you're buying it, at least in the U S for UL based products, it's all being done for retirement income. So the problem is, is it's when you need it most is when you're going to be let down. And then if it happens and you have a policy lapse before you're 75, which most people are going to, unfortunately, and this is going to be a day of reckoning. uh, If you have a policy lapse before you're 75, not only does your policy lapse, but you're going to get hit with a big old tax bill in the United States. Mm -hmm. I don't know how it works in Canada again. But there's overloan protection riders on these policies to make sure that it doesn't happen. But if it happens to you before those riders don't kick in until you're 75 years old. So if the policy lapses before you're 75 and you have loans out, not only do you have to pay um, uh, a, a capital gain tax on on the the money and the and the income that you took out of it, but all of the loans, the outstanding loans that you owe on it it just compounding behind the scenes mm-hmm. you're gonna owe taxes on all of that as well. Wow wow
0: why should everybody have whole life insurance as part of their financial
1: plan um because it's just smart um, it's 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 not sexy. Um, uh, because boring. success it's boring. success <laughs> isn't sexy, y'all. Yeah. Like yeah. I mean, like I, I I think about my father-in-law was a national GE uh, general Electric engineer of the year three times. He met three presidents. Um, if, if Have you ever heard of the Apache helicopter? Yeah, um my grandfather developed the weapon system for the Apache helicopter. Very cool. And so,, uh, you know, he got to meet all these uh, like amazing presidents. Um, and so, like my grandfather, you know, had his flaws, whatever. Um, but like from a success perspective, he is like my model of success, you know, growing up. And I just remember growing up and watching him like make all this money and buy all this land and do all these things. And I'm growing up like watching this guy, and everybody's like idolizing my grandfather and and, you know, he's driving like an old crown Victoria. you know what I mean? Like, this old beater car that's like in the 80s and it's rusting out. And I'm like, something doesn't make sense. Everybody says my grandfather's like this rock star, super successful engineer, real estate investor, all this stuff. And he's driving a like a car that's got holes in the floorboards. You know, like what is going on? And and it's like success isn't sexy, you know, like that's like in a lot of situations. Then you get all these, like, you know, wannabe. Instagrammers that you know are renting Ferraris and Lamborghinis just to look cool it's like get your priorities in line you can you can look cool or you could be successful and like and I guess eventually you can make enough to be both you know if that's what your priorities are but what I find is that the more success you actually build the less interested in looking cool you are you want to just kind of blend in and do your own thing you know and 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 so like I don't know why should everybody have whole life is because it's There's no other predictable way, there's no other asset that's going to make sure that you're going to have a a set of rules and filters that you can run every decision that you make through uh, your life with your finances to make decisions on what is a good investment. It's going to help you grow to be first and foremost, it's going to help you save money, save with the intent of investing. So when you know how to invest or when you find the right investments, you're going to be capitalized to do it with less risk, not be a speculator, but be a true investor. Right, And so when you do that, that's fantastic right? because now you're ahead of, the, ahead of the game, but you're also going to have the life insurance there to backstop you to make sure that your your plans are going to be actualized. The only variable is you, right? Yeah. So I guess the only reason not to use life insurance is because you don't want to take uh, whole life insurance is because you don't want to take radical self-accountability for the results in your life. That would be the reason you don't want it.
0: That's a good point. So you just launched uh, a fund called the uh, cash flow.
1: Uh, hacking, fund. Flow,
0: hacking fund yeah and you're yeah. investing you're investing into real estate what made you yeah. choose real estate as the investment and why
1: oh I mean so many reasons cash flow first of all um you know the fact that you can create cash flow um that beats returns of most investments you know the fact that you can have appreciation uh that that is A multiplier of wealth creation the fact that the tax benefits are actual and real they're not deferrals they're not kicking the can down the road Mm -hmm. it's actual real deductions that are real money in your pocket that you can create leverage with um and and the fact that you know when we talk about it it's it's it it all goes back to the cash flow it all goes back to um you know i don't want to put my money into something that i have no control over and that's not going to provide cash flow or any real benefit for 30 to 40 years and i got to just cross my fingers and pray and hope that it all works out like i'm investing in something that i have a direct influence over the control of the success of it you know we're launching this fund we're investing in a in a hotel retreat center down in the dominican investing in the path of progress the cash flow is going to be over 20% right out of the gate like after, but after the first year is over, it's, we're going to hit 20% once we, you know, the first year we're going to invest into it and like fix a place up, do our thing. And then, and then, so that's cool. The appreciation, because the government is investing in this area, the, the property and the value of the land is going to appreciate. So when we exit the deal, the multiple is going to be through the roof compared to anything else. You can't do that in a, in a stock for the most part. You could do that when you build companies, you don't do that by investing in mutual funds, right? There's a difference. And that's why everybody compares to Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett builds companies. Warren Buffett does what we do in real estate, but he does it with companies, right? That's the difference. So nobody's Warren Buffett. Everybody always likes to compare themselves to Warren Buffett, but nobody's Warren Buffett. And so so there's that. And then, you know, and, and, and at the same time, it's like, I'm moving my family there. We're all in on this, right? Like, because I know I'm taking accountability and responsibility. I'm investing in something that I have a direct influence in the success of. Whereas if I put money in a mutual fund, I have, it's, it's out of my hands. I, yeah. I, I, I shift my responsibility to somebody else. And that, that drives me crazy.
0: Yeah. And you're, you're passing that responsibility on someone that you have no clue of who these owners or the directors of these companies are, who the the CEOs? Are. No clue.
1: Right. No clue. And that's the challenge. Like you don't know all the different layers of it. You know, I was talking, I was talking to Garrett the other day, Garrett Gunderson and he said something and i never heard him say it before and i i guess i've thought about it like this but i never phrased it so succinctly He's like wall street is a value extraction machine they created wall street and the whole financial system in that capacity to create more leverage more control more wealth creation for them 100%. and not main street they're gonna it's like vegas in the sense that vegas is gonna let you win Every now and then, but they're not going to let you win enough to build your own casino. They're going to, they're going to build their empire off your back. They're just going to give you enough back every now and then to make you feel good.
0: There's a very good reason why when you go to Vegas, Mm -hmm. there's so many hotels and they're so luxurious and beautiful. It's because the house always wins. Always. Always. And Wall Street is the house. I watched. I actually just just this morning, I watched one of your your uh, shorts, your uh, YouTube oh, shorts. Which one? Uh, you said you said that uh, uh, if if the advice that was given by the people of Wall Street, mm-hmm. if it was to if it, if it really was to develop wealth, the ninety percent or ninety five percent of the people would oh, all yeah. be wealthy. Yep. But that's the opposite. Ninety to ninety five percent. People 95% of people lose in Wall so Street. True. And this is this is why I wrote my book. You know, you've got your book that's that, is, mm-hmm. that is called Cashflow Hacking. And uh I've got my book coming out hopefully in March. It's called Wealth Without Wall Street. And oh, nice. I and I talk about real estate, why I like real estate for the appreciation. It's an asset I can touch. And over the long term, real estate has never lost over the long term. It cash flows. Um, there's great tax provisions with it. And I talk about life insurance because of the tax provisions and how, how it's so safe. And if you, go back into the, if you go back into 1929, during the Great Depression, nine, over 9,000 banks failed. Not one life insurance company failed. It was the life insurance companies that helped bail out some of these banks during the Great Depression.
1: Love it. Right? It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's no... If the advice was so good. Oh yeah. No, there's no doubt. <laughs> Listen, do you know, do you know who Harry Dent is? No, I don't. He wrote a book called The Demographic Cliff. He's an economist. He's a big investor guy. And I had him on my channel, I don't know, like a year ago. And it was really cool. Like for me, it was like one of those like Michael Jordan, like it's he's he's like this super just really amazing author who I really respect his opinions on a lot of a lot of these things. And so the fact I met him at a conference, and he agreed to come on the channel. And he's got hundreds and hundreds of 1000s of followers, like in the final, he's like a Peter Schiff kind of guy. And um, so I got him on the channel. And he didn't even know really what I did. He just agreed. We talked for a couple minutes at a, like a VIP thing at this event. And he's like, I'll come on your channel. That's cool. And so I got him on. And I was like, I was like, Harry, what do you think about life insurance companies right now because he's all about like bonds and all that stuff right now and and i'm like what do you think about life insurance companies he's like life insurance companies they're the best companies in the world to keep your money with right now right now is like the best time ever to put your money with a life insurance company you know and he he went down and he went through the history i was shocked how well this guy knew the life insurance business because he never talks about it and and he's like back in 1929 All these companies failed. All these banks failed. Life insurance companies were the only ones to thrive. 2008, same deal. COVID, like all these things. Right now is the best time to put our money in a life insurance contract than ever before because we need the stability. We need the guarantees. And I know a lot of people are worried about like what's going on with the in the United States, the devaluation of the US dollar, possibly losing the world's reserve currency, doing all this stuff. But I got news for you. Like if you keep your money in a bank, you you have that that reserve, you know, the the currency risk, you put your money with a life insurance company, they manage that risk. In the United States, at least the, the US has been through three versions of the US dollar since 1842. Life insurance companies have never missed a dividend, mm-hmm. they manage the risk. And when it makes sense, if in fact, Bitcoin or some digital currency winds up being a real viable possibility, I promise you the life insurance company is going to manage that transition and manage that risk better than you're going to.
0: If you want a real testament to the truth of that, just walk into, and go to any city, any city yeah. and find the biggest, most luxurious buildings in any city. Who are they owned by? Banks. Life and
1: banks. Well, banks
0: and life insurance companies. Yeah,
1: but the, but the reason the life insurance companies are is because they've been doing it for 180 years and it's compounding yes. in time. Banks are like, yeah, we're 10 years old. We're just going to... Yeah.
0: So banks are so profitable. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to take advice from, or do listen, banks yes. give advice that benefit them, not you. But For if sure. you were to, if you were to do what the banks do, what do the mm-hmm. banks do? Where do they, where do they put their 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 uh, tier one money? Bully, yeah. bank-owned mm-hmm. life insurance. Mm-hmm. I mean, just take a look in the United States. There's over two hundred billion dollars of whole life insurance owned by banks they don't buy mutual funds
1: did you see i did this reaction video to dave ramsey going back to dave ramsey on this right so dave ramsey <laughs> this is a beat on, on he did <laughs> debate with infinite banker was the title of his video and it literally came across my feed because i subscribed to dave ramsey on youtube because i'm i like i'm a, like a masochist apparently but this is the point uh, where he says banks don't buy life insurance Banks. he's like <laughs> And the guy's like, and, and Dave's like trying to talk to this guy and he's like, why would you ever put your money in a whole life policy? And the guy's like, well, banks do it. And Dave Ramsey literally goes, banks aren't stupid enough to put their money in a oh dog God. pile crap policy, like product, like whole life insurance. Banks aren't stupid enough. That's what Dave Ramsey said. And so I go, that's like, I know they do, right? Like, yeah. and, and, and so I was like, I'm going to react to this video. And I found a, 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 a website that tracks life insurance assets owned by banks in the United States. There were over 3000 banks in the United States that have over $10 million of life insurance as an asset on the tier one level of their balance sheet.
0: Bank of America has got over 20 billion of it. JP Morgan. JP Morgan's, I think, is at like 17 or 18 billion. But if you just take a look at not even all the banks, but just, I think it was the top couple hundred of the top US banks, it's over 200 billion with a B. Mm -hmm. So, Dave, you're wrong. (laughs) Mud in your face, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: know, right? He doesn't care. He's so big. He's a
0: talk show host. He's just, he's an entertainer. Yep. You talk about cash flow hacking. You wrote your book. What is cash yep. flow hacking?
1: So the idea of cash flow hacking is simple. It's it's uh having a process to create wealth, um, saving money, saving money with the intent of investing. But when you do invest and you deploy that capital, you invest in cash flow producing assets. I personally like real estate. Um, and that the book focuses heavily on real estate. Um, but it's basically uh the concept and the strategy to walk you through like, all right, if if you can either hop on the hamster wheel and try to do it the way that we're taught to go to school, get a job, invest in a 401k or RISP or whatever you guys have up there, and um, you know, and, and and hope that by the time you're 65 it all works out for you. Or you can, you know, grab life by the horns and say, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do what I do to create cash, but I'm gonna save money. I'm gonna look for cash flow producing assets, I'm gonna invest in those cash flow producing assets, I'm gonna use the cash flow to recapitalize my own bank as we were talking about my own my own account and then as i recapitalize and as i keep contributing i'm going to then compound that back up with the cash flow from the first asset i'm going to buy the next one and then everything starts to compound this is how we compound wealth and rather than wait 35 to 40 years you can have literally financial freedom and be completely retired in 10 to 15 years max regardless of where you're starting and so that's the idea is like let's let's take control of the results in our life and let's become who we need to be to live the life that we say we want to live. And um, I know a lot, most people, because it comes back to what I said before, most people are not doing that because they don't believe in their subconscious mind that it's even possible. And, you're, and, and the reason they don't believe it's possible is because what you're doing now is not in alignment with your values and beliefs. So you've got this internal conflict going on that you don't even know how to articulate. Right. So what this does Is it aligns your money with your values and beliefs? It puts you at the helm of the ship of your own life to create your own results, your own success, your own time frame, and really, that's what it comes down to. Amazing!
0: I love it. I love it. You know, Chris, this has been great. We're all out of time, but I I feel that you and I we can just go on about this for hours and beat up on
1: Dave for for another (laughs) time. (laughs) And maybe we should sometime.
0: You know, we should. I I love it. This has been (laughs) fantastic. How can people? How can people find you? Because I know you're really big on YouTube, and especially in the US.
1: Um, so YouTube is at Life180, L-I-F-E 180. It's an acronym. It's all capitalized. Uh, life is an acronym for living intentionally for excellence, and 180 is all about turning the results in your life around, especially with your money. And uh, so at Life180 on YouTube, and it's at Real Chris Kirkpatrick on TikTok and Instagram.
0: Fantastic. Well, this has been great, guys. If you're listening and you want to actually watch the, uh, the podcast, please go over to our YouTube channel. It's John Drabano. Check out the episode with uh, Chris and I. It's been wonderful. If you want to follow us on, uh, follow me on social media, it's John Durbano at TikTok and also on Instagram. Guys, this has been wonderful. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Take care of yourself and take care of your wealth.